Bonjour, hi, I'm Pascal Auclair. I hope this talk supports you in your practice. J'espère que cet enseignement vous sera aidant. If you'd like to support my teaching, you can use the donate button underneath my picture on Dharma Seed. Vous pouvez me soutenir en cliquant sur le bouton sous ma photo. Your support is greatly appreciated. Merci. As you open the eyes and move the body, see if you, uh, if you want to, if, you, if it's possible to um, keep noticing what's happening, keep being uh, sensitive or aware, curious about the, the formations, the unfoldings, and the different ways, the, move, the sensations changing. <coughs> And uh, maybe the posture of the body or the uh, what's happening in the mind, the tonality in there. So yeah, I'd like to talk today a little bit about uh, the different uh, kinds of uh, joy or sources of joy that uh, uh, can, um, you know, will happen on the path or that can be nurtured or seen as... Um, you know, um, sources of uh, nourishment or refreshment. You know, this uh, the quality of joy and the qualities of the heart, the four qualities of the heart, um, benevolence, compassion, and uh, joy and equanimity. Um, I like that list because it seems like it's talking about um, um, a flexible heart, you know, that can be with what is difficult, and then can also, whoops, notice and rejoice about what's working, what's uh, successful, what's beautiful, what's meaningful. Uh, so, and it, uh, this heart doesn't seem to get stuck, you know. It's all good, everything, everybody's happy, it's all good. No, there's some trouble happening, you know, and we can actually acknowledge it. But also we're not just caught there also, which would be very, very difficult to be just caught with, you know, the difficult, the negative, the uh, oppressive. And so the, this heart that can move, uh, and so maybe being faced with what's difficult a lot, is able to go and refresh itself uh, here and there. It's not easy things to do, but that's definitely the malleability of the mind-heart there that we're talking about. Um, and so joy today, joy, that aspect of... Um, and so there's, there's so many ways. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to n name the, them all. No, not. <laughs> I'm sure I'm not. But uh, just to name uh, a few. And in a random way, there's probably a way to make a, an order in there. But I think I'll, I'm going to go uh, randomly. Just uh, so it's kind of impressions. And you'll see how it uh, lands in you. Um, um, I mean, so one that um, here maybe uh, can be obvious is uh, the joy of spiritual friendship. So the Buddha talks about this. And, you know, many of, uh, of us come here uh, often on the Wednesday afternoon to, uh, to you know, to, to develop beautiful qualities of heart and mind together to reflect in uh, hopefully a, r a wise way about life and the human uh, condition. And so... This is uh, known to be both precious, but also a source of uh, joy to uh, have access to this. And actually, when I travel, I meet a lot of people that it's probably the most common uh, 
um, comment that I hear people say, I'm alone here. You know, I wish I was in Montreal or I wish I was, you know, in that city or that city where there's a teacher, but I don't have a teacher here or friends with, who I can, with whom I can sit, you know. There's no sangha. So people are aching in many places for, uh, you know, uh, being able to practice with like-minded people. So there's, there's something in there. Sometimes we develop a particular relationship with somebody else who practices. And, uh, you know, practices or not, you know, spiritual friendship doesn't have to be a Buddhist thing, you know. To, I think it would describe a friendship where there is a support offered, you know, and, uh, and uh, you know, some, some kind of development of beautiful qualities together. So that can be in... Uh, you know, there can be spiritual friendship in the intimate relationship or in the family relationship. Or, um, so, real search, source of joy there. Um, another one that is uh, very beautiful is the, the joy of, um, of um, non-violence, of not hurting others, of harmlessness. And as you know, there's this uh, <coughs> expression we use uh, in this tradition in English, the blame, the, the the bliss of blamelessness, the bliss of blamelessness, so that that source of joy, of uh, you know when uh, let's say in a conflict, uh, you kept caring for the other person or uh, keep being respectful, you know, and at the end of the day you can say, well, actually it got really tensed but I didn't abuse uh, the situation or the person or, you know, where it would have been easy, you know, the mind getting angry and sharp, you know, it can easily like, you know, throw a line there that would like be uh, harmful and the joy of saying like, I actually didn't do this, you know, it could have been easy to to get aggressive here or, and it didn't go there, I kept with what was uh, the subject that we needed to take care of, you know, in a respectful way. So that's just one example, but uh, this, uh, and if you think over many years, you know, to think, oh, I care to not harm people. Actually, my mindfulness that I've been developing has been to serve that purpose, to, uh, you know, uh, to, to care, to make visible uh, maybe uh, those who... Uh, maybe uh, weren't or aren't in different situations to give them, you know, uh, visibility or space or, uh, you know, recognition. So there's so many uh, ways that this can uh, unfold. Uh, but so that's something uh, we're invited to reflect on uh, uh, in terms of uh, reflecting on the past where we've done that and rejoicing in this and uh, setting the intention. Um, so the joy of protection. And in the, in the teaching we say, when we offer that protection, we can rejoice, but also we gain protection. We're protecting our own mind from, uh, you know, from, um, uh, you know, shame or remorse or agitation or, you know, the endless justification. Uh, and so there's something very uh, rich in there. Uh, clearly, it needs a lot of mindfulness, you know, to go in the different situation. 
caringly, none in a non-harming way. Um, so this is another one. There, there's the joy of, um, you know, I was talking earlier about the joy of renunciation. It's To me, it's kind of linked with the, the joy of concentration. The, so the mind gathering is a letting go and abandoning and re- renunciation of scatteredness. So I renounce, you know, being scattered. I renounce following every one of my thoughts and in all directions. You know, I, I give this up and I just, you know, maybe I'll land in the belly. And just stay there for a little while. Or, you know, uh, one classic way to do this would be to, uh, with, with uh, wishes of, um, of well-being. So, you know, I'm, I don't know, I'm waiting for the bus, or I'm in the subway, or I'm in between something. I could easily get lost in my mind in all kinds of directions. Worry, planning, all kinds of empty thoughts, you know, like uh, meaningless thoughts. Or get really caught in my phone these days <laughs> That's the, we get two minds these days this one we get get lusted and this other one you know and instead of doing this if i was to actually um, you know bring one person to mind and wish them well uh, repeated wishes of well-being may you have ease of mind may you may you be well may you be well you know and so gathering the mind, yeah. instead of having being scattered in all directions, gather it around one uh, helpful subject, you know, and the loveliness that can be there, the mind that is not caught in all of its fabrications, you know, but uh, is used in a way pur- 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 purposefully. Um, and, uh, and this is not... Um, this is not a small thing because in in the practice, the development of uh, concentration will uh, will uh, protect the mind because when the mind is gathered, really gathered, not scattered anymore, but really gathered around around something, and it could be just like we were doing here, just uh, allowing ourselves to discover or be aware of being, you know, being being sensitive, just this. So I'm not fixing things about the rest of my life. I'm just allowing, noticing sensitivity. That's how I I say it these days, or experience it. And in that, uh, when uh, this becomes more like the mind gets unified and not scattered, the mind is protected in a very beautiful way where you know, desiring something else is not possible anymore. The mind is here, protected, secluded is the expression that is used. You know, and this is amazing when it happens. It's so insightful, informative. You know, oh, there's another way to live. I live habitually in the hindrances. What are they? Desire for something else, rejecting what is there, you know can take the form of an opinion about, uh, you know, this grumpy mind, uh, doubt, you know, will it work, will it work for me? This is afflictive emotions, you know. We often think they're reality. This is the only thing to go about life, uh, the only way to go about life. And suddenly we can discover that actually, no, they fall away, they can fall away, these afflictive emotions, agitation, uh, lack of energy, uh, all these can actually fall away when the mind becomes, uh, could, we could talk about the kind of a, a beauty 
beauty of the mind, you know, mm -hmm. a kind of aesthetic that is the, uh, the not from the beautiful landscape or architecture, it's the architecture of the mind that becomes beautiful, you know. So the mind that is quiet and gathered, and this is to be trained, you know. It's absolutely available to, to us, and yes, it's not just like, okay, I don't get it. Why don't I get it? Well, honey pie. <laughs> you have to gather the mind. It takes a little bit of it. <laughs> it needs a little dedication, you know. And, uh, but it, it, uh, it's possible. Sometimes the conditions are harder for this. If there's something troubling happening today or this month or this year, it might be harder. But there's times in our life where we can actually uh, gather the mind like this. And so when it's uh, secluded... Like this is very, very beautiful. And one of the kinds of joy that will arise will be the joy uh, called uh, in Pali, Piti. And the translation, the uh, habitual translation in, uh, in English is rapture. Rapture. So it's, there's a joy there that, that can uh, e uh, become uh, ecstatic. And it takes many forms. In the text, we talk about this. Uh, in the old text, you, you hear they talk about uh, pity, rapture. Oh, the showering rapture. It come, starts by the head and it goes down. And your whole body becomes like tingling or uh, kind of goosebumpy. Uh, and it starts from the head down. And they say, oh, but that's not the only one. There's the one where it starts from the bottom and it fills up like a like a well or a pool or something like this. Oh, and there's the one that is like the bolt. So you're sitting there and suddenly, boom, joy, you know, in the body. And so it's bolt-like. And it talks about infusion, infusing all parts of the body. And um, to me, I would describe it as almost like, uh, uh, what's the word in English? Erogenous? Eros. Erogenous. Erogenous. It's like the whole body becomes a body of pleasure. All of cells tingling, bubbling with joy. Not bad. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I was teaching yesterday that I was saying. And then somebody comes and says, Do you want to make love? Like, honey, we can make love, but <laughs> you know when you make love, you know so <laughs> there's all kinds of, it's not all pleasant, <laughs> you know. Sometimes it push, it pulls, you know, the other person does something you don't really want them to do, but you don't know. <laughs> and then you do something, you don't know if you're doing it right. <laughs> I'm getting a little technical here, but <laughs> but it makes me you know, this this, this is sometimes what <laughs> it can look like, certainly. You know? And you're like, I know <coughs> another way for pleasure. <laughs> Why don't we sit here? gather the minds <laughs> you'll get bubbly and I'll get bubbly <laughs> and it won't push and pull and <laughs> doubt will not arise <laughs> and so uh, so this is uh, the, the, this is definitely there in the in the on the path you know it's uh, you know, although it's a path that uh, is interested in suffering <laughs> and the end of suffering, in it there's a lot, lot of occasion, opportunities for joy. It's kind of built in the path. Otherwise people would not take that path, you know. It would be too miserable. 
and so we have the joy of concentration, the joy of uh, of um, uh, non-harming, the joy of generosity, the joy of giving, of receiving, of supporting, of uh, you know. And there's so many ways we can do this. You know, here is one way that I saw as I, I was coming in: the joy of supporting, you know, in this basket there for uh, Christmas, and uh, and uh, so giving time, giving. Uh, resources or sharing uh, abilities that we have, knowledge that we have, the capacity to listen, to care. There's so many ways that we can actually give and actually receive. And so that's a whole world there. The Buddha talks about the joy of having no debts. That's quite something. And, you know, when I name this, I'm thinking, well, of it's not okay. Let me get rid of my debts. You know, <laughs> like it doesn't work like this exactly. And eh? we're uh, it's more complex than this. But I think in terms of uh, choices, sometimes you know, there's the joy of accumulation, the joy of owning things. You know, there's a certain kind of joy in that. And when we take we consider this, and say, oh, but there's also the joy of having no debts. It can help us make choices on how to. Uh, how to proceed, and which joy will be the the more higher, deeper quality one. Uh, the joy of uh, the Buddha talks about the joy of uh, work well done, <coughs> and uh, I like to think about this. You know, when I'm about to kind of what's the I don't know how you s- slang it in English, but in French we would say butchy something, like do something like a little quickly and not caringly, not carefully, you know, so that uh, then I can think, hey, the joy I could get from having slowed down a bit and done this well, you know, the joy, the peace of heart, you know, of uh, the possibility of joy here, you know, Pascal, what, what do you choose to rush through this if you do have the, you know, maybe slowing down a little bit, doing it well? will allow you to not have remorse later or, you know. So pay attention. And sometimes I have to do this when I read emails or texts, you know, like I kind of read quickly and want to answer quickly. I'm like, hold on, what is the ac- the person actually saying? They chose words. You know, there's a, maybe a, another meaning underneath, you know, like in the, the way they organize the words. You know, the, they, there's many ways they could have expressed this. And then often I oh, okay. Like quickly, I would have answered the wrong question or the wrong situation. But slowing down, doing this well, caringly, and also thinking about my response. And just there for me, there's a kind of a little door to liberation. You know, I'm not caught in fixing things or... There's a particular joy, few particular joy that I see coming directly from the practice is uh, the, 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 the access to um, sense pleasure. So when something is pleasurable, it's defini- there's definitely gratification, enjoyment. Huh? I find with practice that the quality of the mind that can be there when there's something beautiful happening enhances this joy when a mind that is a little agitated and tends to cling to what is good 
will remove some of the joy, you know, because there'll be something beautiful and I'll get a little agitated about it, you know, like, oh my God, it's great, it's great, you know. And uh, <coughs> practicing, there's a capacity to slow down and notice this is actually a beautiful encounter that we're having, you know. Or to notice actually many kinds of um, uh, pleasurable things can appear. At the time of the Buddha, there was a Dhammadina, and um, she was very, very wise. And there's one thing, I bring it back often in the teaching, that she says that uh, to me describes exactly, it seems uh, exact about reality. And she says, things that are neutral, that are not neither pleasant nor unpleasant, when they are met with care, I'm paraphrasing here, I'm putting this in my words, when they are met with care, they tend to become slightly pleasant. Whoops, there's a door that opens there to joy and pleasure. So noticing, and I think that when we sit here in meditation, that actually is a lot of what is happening. Because we'll just feel, I don't know, the hands resting, or the movement of the breath. Rather neutral, but when met with care, suddenly it gives it a, a little spark. You know, it's the missing ingredient, mindfulness. And I can be sitting here, and just the sound of traffic, or kindergarten, or, you know, just soundscape becomes rich enough, which would be uh, unnoticed otherwise. And so this, this is, we're talking about the refinement of attention. This can be trained, and so it means that we'll start to notice beauty where usually an agitated mind, occupied, preoccupied mind, it would not be available, you know. And the one kind of beauty that I see also uh, arising in there is the the beauty, maybe uh, the, the pleasure, the pleasure of sense pleasure, uh, but and the the, the beauty. It's not. It's the beauty of the minds of others. So in being more attentive, I can see little kinds of kindness that I would not notice if I'm busy, you know. But being available. I see this, I see this in my own uh, apartment with my partner, but I see it in the street with people, and I see it in classes, and I see it in, in many ways that before I, I, was, I would not have noticed these. It needs a little bit more attention. And so there's an access to joy there through being, um, you know, particularly attentive in a relaxed way, in a caring way. One uh, kind of joy also that I've noticed and talk a lot about, because to me it's kind of surprising, and uh, I'm grateful for it, and I see it a lot, and often I, I see it in the retreats that I teach, and I was just teaching last week, and again I saw it, 31 people were sitting in meditation, and after a couple of days it started to appear, and at the end it seemed like everyone was reporting it in some way or another. And so there was a few days, and the two first days, people are mainly sitting with doubt. What am I doing here? You know, why did I sign up for this thing? This, this, is, this is 
crazy to actually sit that many a number of hours, walking back and forth, going nowhere, coming back to sit. You know, and people, I, you can see, you know, like I ring the bell, half the, half the, the body falls down on the ground, you know, in discouragement. You know. And the other half opens the eye and look at me like, you, you better make sense of this, you know. <laughs> and it's not easy for a teacher to hold that, you know, to stay uh, balanced and, uh, you know, hold, hold, the, hold the, the space of uh, non-reactivity. But after a few days, suddenly people, the, it gets in the system by the number of maybe hours of trying to apply that technique. Suddenly I can see the element, of my, the factor of mind of curiosity kick in. And that, then people start to report it. And they'll report things that are not, uh, not pleasant with a smile. <laughs> you know, because they're interested suddenly the mind is engaged with reality and there's a pleasure that comes, a joy, joy. So it's actually called curious joy or joyful curiosity, enthusiasm. It's part of that uh, energy of pity that I was talking about. So this can be really much important in life. You know, like, oh, this person and I, we don't understand each other. How interesting is that? Let's see how we can get out of this without <laughs> too much damage, you know. <laughs> or let's see how we can show our values, you know. Or let's see how I can stay balanced uh, as I'm not getting what I want, you know. How can I stay uh, or uh, have integrity where I would usually collapse and disappear and not count myself in that, you know, mm. not uh, consider myself, you know. How can I stay? And the mind becomes really curious with that aspect of joy. It's uh, Sometimes I compare it almost to sport. You know, in sport, there's like the joy of staying on the bicycle, you know, as you, or the joy of staying on the skis or on the surfboard or, I don't know, things like, you know, like, and there's challenges and can I actually stay or will I not be able to stay on that... Uh, Wind surf, you know, and uh, and so I f I see that I think it's the same quality of mind when suddenly we're in life and hey, how can I actually keep my values here as everything's getting shaky, you know, or how can I stay here while you know there's piercing happening in the knee, you know, or ache in the heart. Um, and last week I was teaching a class where we were uh, considering uh, compassion and, and the difficulties in life and compassion. And we did an exercise. And uh, at the end of the exercise, there was um, one uh, woman who was there. She raised her hand. I said, how was that? You know, and she raised her hand. And she had a big smile. And she was like, wow. I considered, you know, I was leading consider somebody's difficulty with staying balanced. And she said, I did, I did. You know, and she had a big <laughs> smile. There was, there was joy there. And then she said, and then you invited us to consider with calm something that troubles us in our life, you know. And she's like, I did, I did the whole time, you know, until you rang the bell, I didn't fall into, you know, worry or something. I was <laughs> just considering calmly 
this aspect of my life, I would not have been able to do this before. And she had a real joy. I was like, how is that interesting that considering difficulty, you ring the bell, and what's on the other side for this person? Joy. You know? That, to me, there is a taste of liberation. It doesn't apply to everything all the time, but it certainly did there. It was alive, you know? Just, and Because I think it was the joy partly of confidence. Actually, I can meet this, which is also developed in practice. You know, I actually have the resources to meet this. I found in my practice that I could actually show uh, up for these things, you know, that are not comfortable or uncertain or shaky or unsatisfying. And so that's uh, another kind of joy. And this one uh, is linked to the factor of mind of curiosity. Curiosity, curious joy, enthusiasm. Let me actually see how I can do this. What's this made of? You know? Oh, pain, pain, pain. What is this that I call pain? There's a little spark in the mind. What is this made of? And people describe exactly this. They say, Pascal, you know, the pain in the neck was coming back. I got interested. And they report it with joy. You know, like, oh, it was piercing and it was moving like this. And, you know, and the mind is intrigued. So, to me, these are kind of uh, gateways. Is that a word? Gateway? Like, they're, they're little hidden, hidden gates in, the, in our lives for, for, for joy, for energy. You know, curiosity is one of these uh, secret gates. You know, it's an open secret, but, you know, how can I bring curiosity to this? You know, and then it would give a life to this thing. And in time... Maybe joy will arise. Maybe I'll throw one last one in there. Kind of joy. And uh, this one is uh, closer to maybe liberation, although they are, because they are liberating those kinds of joy I'm talking about. And this one is uh, the joy of um, not being fused with phenomena not being identified with all the movements of mind and heart and uh, experiences of the body. And so when suddenly uh, there is a thought and we don't feel like it, we don't mistake it for reality. We know it's a thought. This isn't going to turn out bad, you know. Oh, this is a thought. You know, it might, might have some elements <laughs> there of red flagging, you know, but, you know, like, I'm not totally... Uh, Few, like I don't uh, equate this with reality. You know, I recognize it as it's recognized as a thought. So there's, it's, you know, there's not like totally sticky in this way, you know. And so, ah, there's a little space in between, uh, you know, or I think of myself as a, you know, worthless. Somebody this week at the retreat said, you know, they perceive themselves as a, worthless piece of shit, you know? And I was like, oh, you know, if you can gain a little distance from your thoughts, you know, maybe the thought will arise, but you won't actually be duped by it, you know? And the joy that could arise from not, uh, from, from being liberated from that, in the sense that it would arise, but it maybe would make you smile, like, oh, thank you for that suggestion, <laughs> you know? 
I was talking about uh, to this person about uh, about uh, I was in uh, teaching in Holland a few weeks ago, and there was a I went to a museum, and there was a beautiful uh, um, uh, installation art piece from uh, Louise Bourgeois, and uh, and the, the piece was did I describe this here to you? I thought it was so like I was like oh my god she must practice meditation you know I've seen this so clearly but uh, so the thing was uh, the, the 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 installation sculpture piece of art was a, a, a big cage there's a big cage with by the way the door open so there was a cage the door was open and there was in the middle of the cage a character that was uh, I'll call it a, a, a person because there was actually two legs uh, to this thing. Two legs looked like human legs. And above the legs here was a big turd. <laughs> like it really looked like a turd. And this, uh, this, this turd, in the cage there was a mirror. And the turd seemed to be looking at itself in a way that it couldn't see the door of the cage open. That's my interpretation of it. I don't know what you would see or what Louis Bourgeois did, <laughs> but certainly as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and, and it was a mind-made thing. Huh? It doesn't exist, this thing, apart from the uh, artist creativity. As, and so are we, artists, creating cage in which turds are in, and the turds are fascinated about themselves, you know, so they can't see that it's a... It's a piece of art, that it's a creation of the mind, that the cage is open, you know. It's just looking at itself, you know, fascinated, like how, you know, <laughs> how I'm a piece of shit, you know. And, uh, and I was like, wow, remarkable. This is a creation of the mind, you know. She, she created this, she envisioned this, and she, and so is the same thing happening in us, you know. There's a representation of us, of ourselves, and we believe in it, and the cage is open, but we're fascinated, you know, we're looking in the mirror. And so to have some distance from, um, from, uh, from this, is from these constructions, is the source of joy. After you can actually see this and laugh, and you know, you have the big smile there. <laughs> so, so, uh, so this is the beauty of this. And... Um, I don't know if I've, I think I've described here maybe a number of times this exercise that we've done at, uh, at the end of a two years of um, dedicated uh, practitioner program where two years we did, like I think there was a hundred of us, I was, I was in the teaching team and there was a, a hundred uh, participants and, uh, you know, we did five retreats together and every month we would have readings to do, uh, a little bit like uh, some of the what uh, uh, Daryl here offers to the community. It was a bigger version with m m more teachers. And uh, at the end of the two years, uh, the last evening, we, uh, we made a kind of a ritual the last day and last evening. We said, everybody will be given a lump of, um, of um, clay. clay. Yeah, a lump of clay, and there'll be a lot of things, you know, arts and craft things, you know, like pieces of cloth and sparkles and all kinds of things, and, and uh, you can make a little 
statuette, the little doll, the little uh, art piece of your kind of ego, the way you promote yourself, the way you get caught, the way you, the way you defend yourself, like all the things you've seen over the two years of research here, like of all your, the defects of the, you know, what creates suffering for yourself and for others around you. <laughs> and so a hundred people spent, you know, we were giving maybe like an hour and then there was the break for the meals. People were all back during the break for the meals, you know, to work on their beloved <laughs> sculpture and all, you know, and putting a lot of like, uh, you know, as much uh, work as uh, Louise Bourgeois on hers, you know. <laughs> But uh, And at night we gathered in a big circle and people came to describe. We did the show and tell. And so, and it was so joyful. It was like the most joyful thing. People were laughing and the smiles. And, and so you would come in and say like, look at me, I'm in this hard shell, you know, and I'm not getting out. And we're like, yeah, stay in, don't come out, don't come out, you know. And so people were not identified, not fused. So the joy was the joy of seeing something. You know, it was still there, very much in effect, you know. And somebody was like, oh, look at me with all these weights, you know. And they had all kinds of rocks hanging from their thing, you know. And like, this happened to me, and this happened to me. And if you don't remember, I'll remember you, remind you, you know, of, the, of this. And I really uh, cherish these things, you know. And, and, uh, and we were like, no, don't give them up, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember somebody had like all these uh, there was a little character but it was totally hidden by ruban you know like uh, all kinds of colors of little things you know and they were like this is this I'm here I'm underneath but you're never going to see me because I have a PhD in this and I started this foundation and I have three ch child one is studying at this university one is studying at the, and I live in that neighborhood you know and and uh, and this is me you know the way I promote myself and <laughs> the way I defend myself in a way and all these sculptures not one the same it looked uh, like uh, like a museum you know of uh, Uh, anthropology, you know, like of things gathered from everywhere. Uh, and th th what was remarkable about this was that there was a distance. We were, like, not fused, you know. Fused, you would not go in front to actually laugh about this, you know, and tenderly, because huh? it was made with a lot of love also. And... Uh, uh, And so that's, that's part of the joy of liberation, not being identified, recognizing, oh, you know, strong reaction, of course, strong reaction in this system, you know, this, that's how this system tends to work, you know. So tenderness, a little bit of playfulness around things is helpful. And I think as we practice here, we get exposed to all these things, you know. And so, uh, so they, they start to, we start to recognize them and not take them for self, for I, but formations. Oh, look at that formation, you know. This is what happened. It worries. That's what it does, you know. Or it compares. Oh, okay. So now it's busy peeking around. Who's more enlightened than moi? <laughs> you know. <laughs> and you laugh about it, you know. I know you don't do this. <laughs> but you do something else. <laughs> I don't know what it is you do, but you do something else. <laughs> so, um, all these kinds of, uh, of joy that are, uh, that are 
part of the path and that make things a little lighter. And, uh, and there they seem to be a wise, uh, many of you know, I think all of them that I've named, wise kinds of joy. It's not the joy of cruelty, you know, the joy of having somebody else uh, being mean, you know. It's not that kind of joy. Uh, these kinds of joy are hi- highly questionable, you know, need to be uh, questioned. Uh, and so one other kind of joy, and maybe we'll finish with this and we'll practice it together. One other kind of joy that many of you know is the the joy mudita, the joy in the, the joy of somebody else. So the rejoicing for somebody else's well-being, success, or good fortune, or qualities, you know. So this is like a, a Dalai Lama talks about an infinite pool of joy that we gain access to if we can rejoice for somebody else. Because he says, if you, can, you have the capacity to rejoice for someone else, it means you have access, you can multiply your chances of feeling joy by 7 billion. Is that the number of beings on earth? Mm-hmm. You know, because there, there is somebody else who's experiencing joy. Some, mm-hmm. And to actually be able to plug into this, tune into this, is nurturing. And it's a good way to live. And uh, not exclusively, because we're not, we're doing things with equilibrium, you know, but being able to uh, reflect on this, but also live in real time, see somebody being well, you know, and succeeding or something, and being able to appreciate it. Sometimes they say it's the hardest kind of joy for human beings, because, you know, often it's jealousy, comparing, uh, envy that comes up, you know, and doubt about oneself. And, and so <coughs> there's something that can be trained. And I've noticed for me that there was much, much less so now, but a number of years ago, it was hard for me to rejoice about something else that was happening. Um, The challenging uh, category for me was people my age and maybe even my gender. Like somehow by comparing mine was at play there, you know, and I had to work on this. But, you know, rejoicing for... uh, a child that is happy or is playing, like that was extremely easy. There was no comparing, <laughs> you know, why are they happy and not me, <laughs> you know? And so to recognize, oh, where is the channel open, you know? And let's start there. Let's recognize that there. And uh, yeah, so this, uh, rejoicing in the qualities of somebody else. I'm happy you have these qualities. May you be protected by these qualities. May they grow in you. May I benefit from these qualities in you. you know? I'm happy these qualities are alive in the universe through you these days. You know? So that's something we can do also. Reflecting, it means you know, you're on your sofa at home and you're thinking about this. What beautiful qualities I like in the people around me. Or, or in action, recognizing, oh, look at this, this person now is is experiencing patience. It's a beautiful quality. It's alive in them right now. Tuning into that in order to gain that quality. That's one way to develop it. And, uh, by appreciating it, it, may, it, we give it value in our own mind. Okay, shall we try this a little bit?
you want you could think of uh, someone that you care for and is experiencing something good in an aspect of their life could be that they are healthy again or succeeding in their studies or enjoying uh, discovering life as a child Somebody who is loved, is experiencing love. Someone comes to mind. I'm happy you're happy. being uh, increase and never cease you could play with uh, a sentence like this may your happiness grow and never wane for you. And if you want to think of uh, somebody else, 
experiences joy sometimes or well-being and think of them in that way in these moments may this happiness grow in you Good fortune never end. you want, you could think of uh, somebody you enjoy and maybe think this time of their qualities, or one of their quality, or a few of their qualities. You could name the person silently inside of you and maybe name some of the qualities, the humor, the intelligence, the softness, the calm, the generosity. happy you have this quality may it grow in you may it always be available to you may you be able to offer it, share it may we benefit from this quality of yours. And if you want, think of somebody else again and their qualities. rejoice for.
And if you want, think of your own qualities that uh, appear in you sometimes or regularly. Name a couple for sure of your qualities. May these qualities grow in me. May they never leave me. May they accompany me as best friends. May they deepen. See how you want to spend the next uh, four or five minutes here.
experience joy in many different ways. May it be a liberating joy. May it uh, help us in this life. the form it took today. <coughs> Thank you very much for uh, coming and your consideration and practice. And um, see you maybe next week. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.